So how does one of the world's largest companies develop their people so they can stay and stay committed? Hello, I'm Chester Elton, and this is my dear friend and co-author, Adrian Gostin. Well, thank you, Chess. Yeah, our guest today is an expert on providing people with high-impact opportunities to grow in their careers, all so that they feel more engaged and safe in their jobs. As always, we hope the time you spend with us will help reduce the stigma of anxiety at work and in your personal life. And with us today is our dear, dear friend, Lainey Jolson-Cohen. You notice I added an extra dear in there because we really do love Lainey Cohen, uh, who is the global head of HR learning for Citi. At Citi, one of the largest banks in the U.S., she pairs proven track records, a proven track record of operational excellence with her ability to set strategic vision for highly impactful global initiatives. Welcome to the show, Lainey. We are delighted to have you on our podcast. Oh, I am so happy to be here with my good, good friends. So nice to see you both. <laughs> well, thanks, Lainey, for joining us. Now, now, learning and development, you know, a lot of people may not understand how important this is to somebody's mental safety and well-being in the workplace. You, you know, you get to increase your job security as you learn and grow. You get to, you get to foster greater collaboration. You get to perform better, and which makes you feel safer. So for leaders maybe who are listening today who may not be focused on, on developing their people, maybe like we should be, why is learning so essential for a healthy work team? Yeah, I, I think growing... Um in your career is something that's important to a lot of people. And when you, when you're, you know, in a, in a role, you want to see that you have a path forward and that you have a way to make a contribution and that you're valued. And so, you know, I, I, I'm sure many of our listeners have been in roles where, um, after a while they kind of felt like they were dialing it in because they just were so comfortable. And so, you know, having that challenge and that opportunity for growth is so important. And often I think people, rightly or wrongly, look to their leaders to help them, you know, set the stage for that growth. Well, what if the, what if you're an employee and you're not feeling that kind of growth from, from your leader? What kinds of things could, could an employee be doing? And I'm sure it's not just all in the leader. Exactly. And that, that's why I said rightly or wrongly, because <laughs> I think, you know, everybody has to own their own career. Nobody is going to take it as seriously and, and actually know what's important to you like you do. Right. So having that up, you know, having that conversation and, you know, bringing that dialogue to the table, which I know can be scary for some people if the leader is not initiating the conversation. Um, people, I think, tend to be, you know, reluctant to actually drive that, but having regular conversations, not at just at the moment where you feel like you're ready to leave or do something different is so important. So I think individuals can make that part of their ongoing one-on-one conversations with their leaders. Yeah, you know, it is interesting, too, that you can kind of create, you know, relationships with your leaders and they can teach you whether it's, you know, formal or informal by, you know, being good examples and, and mentoring that way. So I, I, I really appreciate you saying that it, it can't always be on the leader. You, you need to take that initiative uh, yourself. And, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we were looking at the divisiveness, you know, in society and politics and all that kind of stuff. And it seems like the whole world is, you know, picking sides and it's trickling into teams. So what are some insights into what makes the people on a team work together most uh, effectively? And are there some specific attributes of truly collaborative teams that set them apart uh, that you're trying to teach 
uh, particularly at City. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We actually did some research on this several years ago where we asked um, we asked different teams or different businesses to define what does high performance look like? How do they define high performance? And then we asked them to apply their own definition of high performance and tell us who were these high performing teams. And what we did is some research. We asked them. We did focus groups and um, and surveys to say what what are the practices that you're doing um, that is driving that performance. And so there were there were a number of things in there that I think are really important. And so one of the things um, that that I'll mention relative to the question that you were asking is that you know, those teams actually come together and they learn as a team. And so they learn from their successes and they learn from their mistakes. And so taking those successes and taking those mistakes and turning them into areas of uh, uh, opportunity to learn, um, it was something that we saw consistently across these high-performing teams. And and I think the, the other thing I would say about that is they were very deliberate about it. They didn't um, sort of wait until somebody brought something up. They actually made it part of their routine to, you know, mid-project, um, mid, uh, you know, sorry, in the midst of their work to really have clear discussions and that takes a lot of vulnerability too, especially when it comes to the mistakes. So those leaders also set the tone from the top. They were the ones who often brought that to the table, um, so that it wasn't just you know the, the the team member who was bringing their mistakes for collaboration and learning. Yeah, when we uh, studied the Blue Angels, the uh, Navy's demonstration squadron, they did a general and safe, they called it after every performance, mm-hmm. where they came together and they analyzed what went right, what went wrong, and they all removed their insignias of rank, so there was no captains and privates. Everybody was the same, and and no elephants in the room. They had a lot of things that they worked on, but I love that idea that uh, you know, we come together and we learn as a team. Yeah. Um, one of the things we wanted to ask you was that look, most of people who are maybe most insecure in a job are those who are new, um, maybe they're most in need of learning and development. And so, you know, as we just talked about, you can't put it all on the manager. I think mentoring, I think, has a really important role to play here. So maybe talk a little bit about how you're putting mentoring in place and, and how that can help people feel more psychologically safe in a team. Uh, well, I'll, I'll start with a story. Um, when I made a very big career change uh, about 12 years ago into a totally different area, I was feeling myself a little you know, concerned that I wasn't an expert like everybody else was. And the person who I was reporting to at the time took me aside and said something to me that really stuck with me and that I, I share now with anybody who's new in a team, which is that the way that I was asking questions with curiosity was helping everybody on the team, even the experts, get better. That, you know, my asking questions helped people sort of take a moment and reflect and think about the things that they were doing maybe by muscle memory and helped us all, you know, evolve the work that we were doing. And and so the, the reason I say that is because she she really created a safe environment for me to feel like I was contributing, even though I was learning. Um, and, and so I think in terms of mentoring, there's, you know, 
they're setting the conditions and the environment for that safety to feel like you can learn. And then there's also how you actually spend time with someone. And I think the mentors, there's lots of ways to engage um, with, with mentors there, you know, and so, so we often at city will do, you know, we'll have a junior mentor. So that's your safe person that you want to ask all the questions to that you think you shouldn't <laughs> be asking to everybody else, you know? Um, and then we have, you know, senior mentors. We have mentors who are in your line of business and mentors who are across and help you break down silos across. So that think is- about it very broadly. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, stuff like that. That's great. You know, it, it is interesting. Um, Adrian and I were just recently at a, a great big healthcare group. And, you know, uh, finding good people and keeping good people is kind of a top priority for a lot of companies. And one of the things that they are endeavoring to do is to create opportunities within the company so that when people want a new experience, that they want to learn a new skill or something, they can do it within the organization. Now, that's not always possible on teams. You know, you've got managers that say, well, this is kind of what we do and I need you to do this. And can you keep doing this, you know, and just this? So what advice do you have for managers where maybe they don't have that kind of flexibility to move people around, to create, you know, learning opportunities in ways where people can kind of develop their talents? Any tips? Yeah. I actually think that's one of the best ways to learn, to dip your toes in the water, so to speak. And one of the ways that we're doing that, actually, we've created something that we um, are calling the Experience Hub. Huh. And, the, and, and we actually enable managers to post projects that they need help on. And that gives um, you know employees an opportunity to dip their toes in the water by going to work with a different team on a project. And they, it's very clearly outlined what skills they'll develop, you know, where they'll get experience. And it's a sort of a safe way to go and explore and follow your curiosity and build your network at the same time. Right, that's brilliant. Really that's is. really good, yeah. 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 What about what about you know we're seeing a lot of people leaving organizations too, especially younger uh, Gen Z coming in, tail end of the millennials. They're a lot more job hoppy. <laughs> That's not a word, but you know than than we were in our previous generation. So, what have you noticed in organizations that can keep their talent a little longer than those that don't? Any any sort of hints that uh, managers can take away? Yeah. Well, w- one of the things that I um say, and maybe this is going to the end first, is that one of the the important things is celebrating the people who are leaving and really recognizing their contributions and, um, and embracing them. So we have a culture where we have a lot of, um, you know, boomerangers who come back and we have a very, very strong alumni network. Um, so, you know, I'll start with that because I think how you exit people says a lot about your culture and, you know, whether you want to stay. The other thing I think goes back to the first question that we were talking about, which is showing people that they have an opportunity to grow and develop and that their perspectives and their unique contributions are valued. I think that, you know, if if you can do that with your team and help people grow and recognize what they bring to the table 
you know, bring them into conversations, recognize when they're sort of, you know, as a leader, recognizing on your team when people are sort of at that moment where they need to be pushed a little more or have a bigger challenge, even if they don't necessarily know it themselves, will increase the engagement and retention as a result. Um, You know, there's an engagement model that I love, um, which really looks at sort of four elements. And the first element is knowing your people. And so knowing what's important to them, knowing what their strengths are, um, you know, being connected in that personal way. The second element is around um, focusing them. So helping them see how their contributions really connect to the broader contributions of the organization and the strategy and where we're going. Um, Helping them prioritize and understand what to say yes to and no to, you know, depending on how level of the person. And then I would say the third the third one is um, inspiring people. So showing that vision of where we're going and why it's, you know, we want to all be on the train to get there. And then finally is valuing that person. So having that, you know, showing that you value their contributions, you value the person and having that appreciation. And those four things, when you put them together, are really powerful in terms of driving that engagement, which ultimately I think leads to retaining people in your organization. Yeah, well, you know, you you hit our sweet spot there when you talk about valuing and appreciating and, and gratitude. Yes. You know, that's uh, the power of the carrot, as we like to say. More carrots, less sticks. And, and it leads perfectly into my next question about highly successful teams, that vision and the goal combined with passion, you know, to get that emotional engagement. Like you said, knowing their stories and how are they they're connected. Now, there's always this idea of how do we make everybody feel safe, right? Yeah, that Not just psychological safety. We, we like to talk about emotional safety because people do worry about overload and, you know, economic stability, you know, particularly in finance with interest rates. And I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't deal with every day, right? Uh, job-related uncertainty, you know, mergers, acquisitions. And sometimes the, the company goals kind of slide down because all these personal things you know, rise to the top. What are some of the other ways that leaders and managers can make sure that not only do you feel you know, physically safe, which of course is very important, you know, where's the office and how do I get there, feeling mentally safe so that they can stay focused? What are some of the things you've done there or that you've seen that the best teams are doing? Yeah, I think it, it starts with that know me piece, yeah. which is actually making that personal connection. And so a lot of times, you know, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to this, you know, you get very busy and you use your one-on-one time with your team members for more sort of status updates and check the box. Really carving out that time to connect is so critical because that's the foundation um, for that sense of safety and, you know, and um, having those conversations with your team member. And then like anything, we have to nurture that, right? So checking in and really understanding where people are, talking about mood, having a sense, you know, not everybody is um, sort of um, empathetic and emotionally intelligent, but you can actually, you can actually develop practices to bring that out anyway, by having a routine of questions that you ask your team member, you know, what are, you know, what's most important to you right now? What's the thing that's keeping you up at night? Um, Where do you need some support? If you're asking those questions regularly, and you're engaging in the conversations, the likelihood is that you'll start to create that safety where your team members feel like they can bring that to you and start to bring their whole selves to work. And then I would just say um, the other thing that I I would add to this is that 
in conversations as a team and individually is around um, bringing in multiple perspectives, not always as a leader being the first to talk and share what you think, but actually inviting different perspectives into the conversation. I think if you put all of those things together, you're increasing the chance that you've got a team who feels safe and engaged and are bringing their best selves to work. You know, I think it's so important what you just said about the routine, the repetition. You know, often leaders will say, I asked those questions in January. You say, well, yeah, it's June. (laughs) When was the last time you checked in with your people? And the idea of investing time just to get to know people you know, it's, it's so funny because you and I have known each other for quite a while now. Where we really had a lot of fun and got to know each other is we, we went to a hockey game together. And it was just great. You know, it wasn't about work. It wasn't about our leadership group. It was about, is that legal what that guy just did? And, and did he really lose his tooth? Like he's missing, you know, where you just invest time with people and over and above work. Like you say, that one-on-one time, sometimes it's all about check-ins and status reports. How about, hey, how are the kids? Uh, Have you got something fun planned for the weekend? And investing time there. So I so appreciate that even, you know, a a group as big as city, you're encouraging your leaders, you know, get to know your people one-on-one. It really does make a difference, doesn't it? It really does. And going back to those practices that we found, that connection was another one that those high-performing teams, you know, across the board had. So going to hockey games together. Okay. There you go. Uh, we've got the answer. <laughs> yes. And I know, I now know that Chester loves candy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they have a whole it. table. Yeah, He's they have a whole table of just yeah. candy. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. You don't really know. Unless you're paying attention, you're very observant, Lainey. Good. <laughs> hey, uh, how can people learn more about you, Lainey, and what the work you're doing at City? Where would you point everybody? Uh, thanks. Um, I, I'm on LinkedIn, and that's a great place to connect with me. And then City is a great place to be. So, you know, getting to know the company, always can go to city.com to learn what we're doing. Really proud of our organization. That's awesome. That's obvious you are, yeah. So we're always interested in in your self-care tactics. You're very busy. Um, You know, you've got a thousand things going. So how do you keep your mental health so that you're feeling able to thrive every day? What, What kinds of things do you do personally? Yeah, it's so important, you know, So I I do try to carve out time for the things that are most important to me, Um, being with my family, um, you know, being with friends and mindfulness is also important to me. I can't sit here and say that I meditate every day and I'm so good at it, but I do something every day to bring um, myself, to center myself and to bring mindfulness into the equation, whether it be, you know, doing a two minute and and I mean it two minute, um, meditation exercise or doing a stretch or just noticing what's around me. I really find that that's a way to um, just interrupt the busy of the day and bring myself, you know, back to sort of a centered place. So um, one day, maybe I'll, I'll come talk to you and I'll tell you that I have a practice where I do, you know, an hour a day. I'm not there yet. <laughs> but, but those are the things that I do. And then doing things I enjoy, like talking to, to the two of you. Is something that's important to me. Oh, you're very kind. Yeah, I, I do remember I did meditate for an hour one day. And when I woke up, I felt so much better. It was, <laughs> that's the only way I can meditate for an hour is if I get a good nap. Hey, um, <laughs> thanks so much for your time, Lainey. This has been great. You've given us some wonderful ideas and, and insights into some of the best practices. 
at, at City. Uh, as we kind of wrap up here, if there was like one thing or maybe two things that you wanted people to remember from the conversation, you know, those, those little nuggets to take away, what might they be? Yeah, I would just say connect, connect, connect. And, you know, really spending that time with your team to get to know them. Everything else kind of comes off of that in my mind. Um, if you know people and you connect with them, then you can bring clarity when there are times where there's ambiguity and stress and overwhelm. Um, so if you know your people, they're more likely to know you and, you know, open yourself up, be vulnerable so they get to know you as well. That's such great advice. You know, that human connection, it really does make all the difference, doesn't it? Well, our guest today has been Lainey Jolson-Cohen. She's head of HR Learning at City, one of the largest banks in the U.S. She's been a friend of ours for a long time, and it is just delightful to spend some time with you, Lainey. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Well, Chester, Lainey Jolson-Cohen, a really brilliant uh, person who, you know, leading a big function at City on le- learning and development. And I love what she says. They did a lot of focus groups. They wanted to know what high-performance teams look like. Well, they come together and they learn as a team. How rare is that? Where right. A team will sit down and talk about not only their successes, but their failures, but do it in a really safe way that is part of their routine, as we found with the Blue Angels years ago. Yeah, and you know, when you're learning together, it's just so much more fun, right? And you're more likely to do it. Oh, I'm going to learn on my own. Yeah, after I take a nap, you know, after I eat something. So this idea of the communal learning, I think, is really great. And uh, I love that they asked, what is your definition of high performance? You know, different thing, words mean different things to different people. And that they would take the time to even ask, I thought was great. And then uh, one of the things that stuck out to me, uh, which I think is I'd never heard of before, I thought it was genius. When people want to learn new skills and so on, that they have an experience hub where yeah. people post and say, hey, we need some help with this. If you're interested, you know, give yeah. us a call. And I'm sure you got to, you know, work it out with your your yeah. uh, immediate supervisor and stuff. But this idea, again, of this. Love that. Yeah and, yeah, and 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 she said, not only do you build more skills, you build your network. Again, those personal relationships, yeah. really yeah. smart, just really smart. That's great because yeah, you're right. You build a network as well as you're putting that on your resume. I worked on the XYZ project that I did this, this, this. You know what? Great idea. Another one that really sparked me was the idea of mentoring. And her story was just so powerful of a manager who who took her aside and said, by the way, the questions you're asking, excellent. You're not only getting yourself up to speed, but you're making our whole team better. What What a wonderful way to create a safe environment and made her feel like she was contributing, even though she had really no idea what was going on then. I mean, what a great leader. Right, right, right. You don't have to be the expert. Ask a lot of questions. You know, be yeah. curious. That uh, curious keeps coming up again and again. You yeah. know, um, I really appreciated her alumni network. You know, she said, how you exit people matters. We have lots of boomerangers. You know, we have a big alumni network. The way you say goodbye to people says a lot about who you are. And, you know, you and I have both had good and bad experiences in in leaving where, you know, we felt like we made a lot of great contributions and then they sort of couldn't get us out the door fast enough. And you think, gosh, uh, what about 
you know, the 19 years I spent with you kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I, just, I, to, I, just to pick a number. Out at random. Just a yeah. random um, number. Random <laughs> number. Uh, yeah, I love that idea. Celebrate the people who are leaving. Because I remember this. I, I talked to a friend who was a, who was a police officer. And um, he said, you know, if you retire with 30 years on the force, they have this big celebration. You, you announce on the radio that you're. He says, but if you, you know, you go into private job. It's like you disappear. Right. You, know, you just stop coming in one day. And he says, but I spent 10 years here, but I didn't retire. And he says, that was a, that was a shame. He says, they, they sort of, it was a missed opportunity to celebrate me because I put in, a, I risked my life for 10 years. Well, same in business. Are you right. celebrating the people who are leaving because they've done a lot for you? Yeah. I, I thought that her four tips around knowing your people, staying connected, Focus on how they, you know, are connected, inspire people, and value the person. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, she even wrapped up. I said, what's the one thing? And she gave us three. Connect, connect, connect. I, I was thinking it was like real estate, location, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Stay connected. Get to know your people. Here's this monolith financial company, you know, uh, city. And yet when it comes to, to learning, it's make it personal. Know your people. Where do they want to be? How are you going to inspire them? Just brilliant. It was inspiring. You know, you can see uh, just the quality of, of people that, you know, big organization like, like City has in their leadership. You, you see, wow, you know, Laney would be somebody that, you know, you'd love to work for and work with uh, if you were there. So, hey, big thanks to Laney for joining us today. A special thanks to our producer, Brent Klein, to Christy Lawrence, who helps us find cool and amazing guests, and to all of you who've listened in. If you like the podcast, please download it, share it, um, tack it up on your bulletin board, whatever you need to do to make <laughs> us uh, uh, help grow this. And we'd also love you to visit thecultureworks.com for some free resources, including the first chapter of the best-selling book, Anxiety at Work, completely free, Jess. <laughs> you know, if it's free, it's me. I really appreciate that, Adrian. And of course, we love speaking to audiences around the world, whether it's in person or virtually, on the topics of culture, teamwork, resilience, and mental health. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you about your event. And as always, I will leave the last words to my dear friend, <laughs> this Adrian Gostick. <laughs> uh, well, everybody, thanks so much for joining us. We had a great time today learning, and I hope you did too. Until next time, we wish you the best of mental health.